the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. My friends, I am in terrific hands when I am not on, when I am in the hands of one of the great broadcasters in America today, Bob France. Well, those words are far too kind and far uh, overstated, but my goodness, I appreciate the sentiment from the brilliant Dennis Prager. Welcome. I am Bob France. As you just heard Dennis introduce, I am live in Cleveland, Ohio on AM 1420. The answer, it's the relieffactor.com studios of Always Right Radio uh, online at alwaysright.us. I always encourage people to check out the website. It's a great uh, assortment of conservative news and views, the most important stories of the day, all uh, assembled together, including radio interviews and highlights at alwayswrite.us. So I encourage you to check that out throughout the course of the Dennis Prager Show today. In addition, of course, to checking out and visiting DennisPrager.com and making sure that you have the Salem News Channel, the Salem News app, and so forth. But thanks for joining us on this Thursday. It is the fifth morning slash afternoon. That's, yeah, afternoon where I am. It's morning maybe on the uh, West Coast. Uh, of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2022. So that means happy Cinco de Mayo if you're celebrating uh, Cinco de Mayo today, and why not? So we've got a lot to do on this Cinco de Mayo Thursday as we have to try to make some sense of the fact that, according to the American left, four days ago, they didn't know what women were, and... Over the course of the last three days, they have rediscovered what women are. And the reality, according to the American left, is that women are tools. They're pawns. They're pieces on a chessboard to be moved around for the political benefit of American left elected officials and politicians. That's what women are. There have been people going around college campuses, including friends from the Daily Wire, uh, like Matt Walsh and uh, people like Michael Knowles and Ben Shapiro and a whole bunch of people are going to college campuses, things that I don't do. Charlie Kirk and others and asking, you know, what is a woman to all of these, you know, college educated students, the very best of the best at the brightest institutions of higher learning across the country and asking them a very simple, basic, biological question, what is a woman? And none of them can answer. Nobody knows. Well, now we know 
that according to the left, a, a, a woman is a tool to be used when we need a victim class. When we need a victim class, a protected class to use to advance our ideology, that's when we acknowledge that women exist. They're tools used for our benefit. Don't believe me? Ask any American leftist four days ago what a woman is. They'll be, not be able to tell you. Ask them if you have to be a female, a woman, to have babies, and they'll say, No! No, of course not. Women don't get pregnant. People get pregnant. And sometimes those people are men. Sometimes they're males. Don't believe me? Ask emoji. Look at the, or ask emoji. Rather, ask Apple. Look at their emojis, right? Pregnant man. People are people, and why should you discriminate against some people in sports, in swimming, in running, in wrestling, in UFC? People are just all the same. You could be anything that you really think that you might be. Women aren't a thing. Women aren't real. They're just, they're just creations in the minds of individuals. If they feel like a woman, they can say, okay, I am. If I don't, then I'm not. This is what, they ha- what happened up until four days ago. Now suddenly, there's a leak, an unprecedented leak, from the Supreme Court of the United States, probably a leftist law clerk working for one of the leftists on the court, knowing the draft opinion that was being worked on, knowing that Roe versus Wade is about to be overturned, and knowing that they only have six months of power left to try to do something to stop that. Because it's May 5th. Come November 8th, it's all over. Come November 8th, the left's political power by way of the House and the Senate, gone by virtually every and all political scientists and analysts and pollsters. Going to be a runaway train, a red runaway train steaming down the tracks and mowing down every leftist in its way. Maybe a 40 or 50 seat House majority, a strong 3, 4 or 5 seat Senate majority. Their power is gone. So in order to get something done to stop this travesty of the defense and protection and saving of some babies' lives in some states that may indeed place restrictions on abortion access, which is all the overturning of Roe versus Wade would do, of course, it doesn't outlaw abortion. It should, but it doesn't, because it's a state decision. And blue pro-death states will go on being pro-death and killing babies without any any uh, issues whatsoever. But that's not good enough for the blue state pro-death dwellers. They want to make sure that nobody in the red states has their rights to kill babies obstructed or, or infringed upon in any way. So how do they do that? How do they achieve that? Well, we've got to find a victim class here. And the victim class has to be women. Now we have to go back and admit that there is a difference between men and women, that the binary, that biology, and chromosomal science, and anatomy, and physiology, all prove that there are only two sexes. 
There are only two genders. It is binary. It's male and female. And right now, we have to, if we're going to protest what they're doing to Roe versus Wade, we have to acknowledge that sexism is happening. That misogyny is happening. That women are losing their rights because of the actions of evil men. Mostly evil white men. So we have to create a victim here. And the only victim is women. How dare they? How dare they tell a woman what she can do and cannot do with her own body? How dare they? How dare they try to stop her from determining her own future? How, how many times? They? How many how times? Stop they? it now, Kamala. We don't need you that many times. How many times did you hear her use the pronouns her and she in that little little rant of hers? Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States, said, women, how dare they take women's rights away from them? I didn't hear any other pronouns there. Her, she, I didn't hear XC or XR or any of the other 79,000 new, made-up, fantastical, non-English language words that they create in order to advance the rainbow agenda. It's suddenly just she and her. And women, how dare they do this to women? How dare they limit women's rights? Women, women, women. Suddenly, women exist again. Now, if this does not explain to the centrist, to the moderate, to the person who doesn't find himself on really far or to the left or the right of the ideological spectrum or scale, if this does not illustrate to you the complete hypocrisy and absurdity of the left side of that spectrum, thus pushing you a little bit to the right side of it, I don't know what will. Four days ago, women didn't exist, could not be defined. Ketanji Brown Jackson was confirmed as a justice on the Supreme Court of the United States without being able to admit or acknowledge what a woman is. She literally said, I'm not a biologist, I don't know. And of course I'm reminded of the baseball fan in that viral video who was having an argument at a game with somebody about this very subject who said, I'm not a vet, but I know what a dog is. You don't need to be a biologist to know what a woman is. You need to have common sense and an understanding of basic biology. XX, XY. And that's it. Four days ago, that basic biology did not exist in the left's vernacular, in the left's playbook. Now suddenly women are unique, special, and need protection and don't need to be attacked by these misogynistic, sexist men who want to take away their right to have a health care procedure with their doctor as they see it. It is an incredible development. We'll talk more right after this. Bob Franson for Dennis Prager. The Dennis Prager Show. Dennis Prager here, and the real estate market is hot right now. People are taking advantage of low interest rates and economic uncertainty by investing in real assets. Whether you're a first-time buyer or just looking to make a change, the key to getting the property you want is being pre-qualified with cash in hand. That's why you should contact Andrew Del Rey and Todd Avakian at andrewandtodd.com. They are with Sierra Pacific Mortgage. Andrew and 
Todd are mortgage bankers, not brokers, so their team takes care of you personally from start to finish. In fact, you'll probably speak with either Andrew or Todd directly. Go online and fill out a few simple questions, and they can usually assess your situation right over the phone. Andrew and Todd are with you every step of the way. Go to andrewandtodd.com or call 888-888-1172, andrewandtodd.com, or 888-888-1172, 888-888-1172. 21 minutes past the hour. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. Bob France sitting in for Dennis. Phone lines are open to you always at 877-243-7776. That spells 8 Prager 776. I'm live in Cleveland, Ohio. Always Right Radio is my broadcast from WHK AM 1420, The Answer. The studios, good to have you in with us. So we're talking about the science of it that suddenly has returned. Now, science is completely malleable on a normal day for the American left. Biologic or a biological sex, uh, chromosomal science, all of these things, ah, it's, it's not important. Kick those to the curb. It's all about how you feel. And one day you might feel one way, another day you might be two-spirit. You might be polyamorous. You might be all of these different things. Suddenly, when they need women to be women, science returns. And women's rights are being violated here if Roe versus Wade is struck down, is the argument. I'd like to ask about the rights of the the child that is killed in an abortive procedure, if I may, for just a moment, but not from my standpoint. It's not me calling it a child, right? And I'd say that just might be a, you know, it's a blob of protoplasm inside of a woman's uterus. And you know what? It is her decision to have a health care procedure performed on her to scrape that blob of protoplasm out. It'd be just like cutting out a tumor if they could, right? That's a woman's decision. It's her body. It's her choice to have this blob of protoplasm. And you know what? It's it's just a bunch of cells that instead of being, you know, individual, they've clumped together a little bit. They're kind of forming this weird little shape, but it's still just, you know, completely non-human cells. We can just suck those things right out of there. No problem. Right? It's just a healthcare procedure. Well... I I find it a little bit difficult to believe that's the case when the President of the United States acknowledges that what is being done in an abortive procedure isn't just the vacuuming out of cells or the scraping out of protoplasm, but it's terminating the life of a child. Because the President of, not the last President of the United States, mind you, the one that was pro-life, the current President of the United States says it's killing a child when you have an abortion. Aborting, synonymous with terminating a child's life. Don't take my word for it. This is what President Biden said. So the idea that we're going to make a judgment that is going to say that no one can make the judgment to choose to abort a child based on a decision by the Supreme Court, I think goes way overboard. No one can make the decision on aborting a child. He said, once again, the quiet part out loud. He said he's pro-choice. Abortions go pretty much in line with all of the major world religions. It's okay. 
It's just a health care decision. It's just a health care procedure between a woman and her doctor, except for the fact that when he slips and says the quiet part out loud, he admits it's not a bunch of cells. It's a child. His words. And that leaves his supporters and his fellow pro-deathers. And by the way, I want to clarify that as we talk about this today. I've really had my fill of the weak, beta-sounding, pro-choice narrative, right? I, I, I'm, a, I'm an English teacher, uh, rather. I'm an English major, I have an English degree, and I taught English for about six years before morphing into the uh, radio genius you hear right now. And words matter to me. I, I consider myself something of a wordsmith. And... When we talk about the word choice, I think we are talking about the wrong thing. Because if you were to look in a dictionary or look in actually a thesaurus and see if life is synonymous or if it is um, an antonym for the word choice, you will not find it anywhere. Life and choice are not antonyms for one another. They're not opposites, right? What is the opposite of life? There there can be no dispute here. The opposite of the word life is death. Without having life, you have death. Without being dead, you have life. It's, It's about as simple as that. So if the opposite of life is death, not choice, well, then the opposite of pro life is what? Spoiler alert it's pro death. So if you are a believer in abortion, stop being such a cowardly little beta and own it and say, I'm pro-death. Because the opposite of life is not choice. The opposite of life is death. So the pro-deathers that I'm talking about here have tried to convince us it's just a procedure between a woman and her doctor and nobody else has any say in that. Joe Biden slipped and said, you know, it takes the life of a child. It, it aborts a child here, not a, not a group of cells or a clump of cells. So Peter Ducey of Fox News talking yesterday to Propaganda Patty. Now, some people call her Jen Psaki. Some people call her Peppermint Patty. I've morphed that into Propaganda Patty. It's actually at a suggestion of a friend of mine with Citizens for Free Speech. I loved it, and I stole it, and I'm keeping it. And I'm owning it. So Peter Ducey asked Propaganda Patty yesterday about Joe Biden acknowledging that an abortive procedure involves killing a life, a child. His words, aborting a child. And listen to how Propaganda Patty has to deal with that. So, uh, another one about abortion. Why is the president talking about the judgment to choose to abort a child? Well, the president's view on a woman's right to make choices about her own health care is well-known, well-documented, well-stated. Wait, 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 wait. PP? Propaganda Patty? That's not what he asked you. He said, why did President Biden say that being uh, for an abortion or supporting abortions is taking a child's life? Why did he say that? You didn't answer the question that Peter just asked. Can we try that again, please? So, uh, another one about abortion. Why is the president talking about the judgment to choose to abort a child? 
Well, the president's view on a woman's right to make choices about her own health care is well known, well documented, well stated. But that isn't what he well stated and well documented and well well said. What he said was, it's it's killing a child. It's aborting, which is synonymous with terminating, which is synonymous with ending the life of a child. What are you saying? That this is the president's view. He said abort a child. I understand, that. Peter, but what I'm telling you is, is what his position is. And if that's what his position is, why didn't he say that? Is it because it's his position for support from his Democrat base? But in his heart of hearts, he knows full well that abortion kills children. And he got caught saying it out loud. More coming up. Bob Franson for Dennis Prager on the Salem Radio Network. The Dennis Prager Show. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the stores, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at My Pillow found out that around 2006, towels changed forever. They started importing them and adding softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel good, but they didn't work. He found the best towel company right here in the U.S. of A. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. They are all made with USA cotton and they come with the MyPillow 60 day money back guarantee. There's a six piece set, two baths, two hand towels and two washcloths regularly $109.99, now just $39.99. All you have to do is go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products. Enter promo code CARL or call 800-858-0263 for these great radio specials. That's MyPillow.com, promo code Carl or 1-800-858-0263. Well, I can't exactly start talking until I write down this song. I have not heard this song in eons, and I must now add it to my playlist on my iPhone. So I got to <laughs> go to the music. I got to go to the music store and I got to download this because I haven't heard this and it reminds me of, I don't know, my childhood, I think. I heard this song probably dozens and dozens of times in my childhood. And it's been forever. Where did you pick this out of, Producer Sean? Is it just because it's sinking to my. Okay, I get that. I got that. Yeah. Uh, And I would hope El Paso, by the way, is coming along sooner or later by Marty Robbins. That one is already on my playlist. El Paso by by Marty Robbins is just... See, and by the way, welcome to hour number two of the Dennis Prager Show. Bob France sitting in in Cleveland, Ohio, host of Always Right Radio on WHK AM 1420, The Answer. That is the com studio. Online at alwaysright.us. As a child, country music, which wasn't really even called country music then in my house... Mom called them hillbillies. These are her hillbillies. That's it. These she's play. She would put in a cassette of you know the best of you know Buck Owens and Roy Clark and Tex uh, 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 a Ritter, um, you know Marty Roberts, all of these things, and that's all I had. I think I got my first Led Zeppelin album when I was like sixteen. Uh, <laughs> an ELO album a little before that. I don't know. That's all we had. It was, it was my mother's. You know, when I'm home during the day, particularly in the summer, my mom's playing her hillbillies, as she called that music. And this was one of them. And it played so many times. Um, And wow, they just had a flashback, a bit of a deja vu for a moment. I just went back to my childhood when that song came on. Thank you, Sean. You just, it was a wonderful memory. A wonderful, wonderful memory. It really feels great. A memory I would not have had 
by the way, had my biological mother chosen abortion, which is the only reason you're listening to me sitting in for Dennis Prager right now is because she chose life. I was born in 1967. My biological mother was 19 at the time. Mind you, this is pre-Roe v. Wade. 1967 is six years before Roe. She was having a relationship with what turned out to be, she did not know until she told him she was pregnant with a married man. My biological father immediately hit the road. She was left in a very, very precarious situation. She, as I've learned through the years, grew up in a household with an extremely strict, borderline for the era, abusive father who told her, you're not having that baby here. You're not living here if you have that baby. Because it was a shame, scandalous, 1967, in a very strict household. She was sent to the doctor to discuss the situation. At that time, an abortive procedure could be done with that doctor's permission if he determined that there was a serious potential health risk for the mother. The doctor gave her that permission. The doctor did make that determination and said, it's up to you. My mother, my birth mother, whom I never met, although I did locate years and years and years and years later, made the decision to have her baby, despite the scandal, despite dad, meaning her father, not mine, he skipped, as I said, skipped town, skipped the state, left Ohio, took his wife with him. Nobody knows if she ever even found out that he had knocked up this 19-year-old that he was, he was, uh, he was sleeping with. So my birth mother made the extraordinary choice, despite being given medical permission to have an abortive procedure, she made the choice to have the baby, and she did. And then she put me up for adoption. She put me in with Catholic Charities. And as my mom, who I know as mom my whole life, she is my mom. She was my mom. God rest her soul. She told me the story many times about how hard it was for her to get me. And the reason it was so hard for her to get me from Catholic Charities is despite me being placed for adoption, my birth mother, my biological mother, had to sign off and give up finally and and permanently and forever her rights to the child. And every time that my mom went to Catholic Charities to make this final and official and to bring me home because my mom could not carry a baby to term. Eight. Eight miscarriages as she and my father tried to conceive. 
could not carry the child to term. So every time she went to Catholic Charities to try to bring me home, there was a roadblock. And the roadblock was, is my birth mother couldn't do it. She couldn't sign me over. She, she wanted me. She loved me. She had, she had no way to support me. She had no home to go back to if she took me and kept me. So after months of, of those types of starts and stops and delays, at six months of age, my mom finally got her to sign, my biological mother to sign the paper, and then my mom brought me home. And I didn't think, as I grew up, much about adoption. It, it didn't bother me. My, my mother and my father had adopted one child before me, my sister that I grew up with, two years earlier. I was the second, as they tried again and, and could not conceive. So I was their second adopted child. My older sister, the, 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 the sister I grew up with, was ashamed that she was adopted. Any time it came up in conversation when we were kids and even teenagers, and I would say something about being adopted, she would look at me with, with just daggers and shh me as if it was something to be ashamed of. My mom never hid it from me. My dad never hid it from me. I didn't care. That was mom and dad. I thought it was pretty cool. Somebody wanted me. Never gave two thoughts about it. As I've grown and as I've, I guess, become more introspective and as I've learned a little bit more about, the, about life, and in particular, ever since I had my own children, um, that story has become more and more um, important to me. And like I said, I never met my birth mother. I did about 15 years ago, 20 years ago. I put in a request through Catholic Charities saying, hey, if my birth mom allows it, I'd like to find out who she was, find out a little bit about my situation. That can only happen through Catholic Charities if both parties want to do that. Turns out my birth mother said, yeah, it's cool. She had a paper on file. I found out her identity, found out where she lived, had some distant correspondence with her, but never met before she passed away. And the one thing that I will never, ever forget is the decision and the sacrifice that she made. And there are two beautiful children in the world today that are here because of that decision. They are my children. And when I think of all of the Democrats hand-wringing and screaming because more people like me will live if abortion access is restricted, it sickens me to my core. And ask any adoptee, and I guarantee you they'll tell you the same exact thing. I'll be right back. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. 
I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Thank you so very much for that most kind and over-the-top introduction, Dennis Prager. Dennis was in Mar-a-Lago last night watching 2,000 Mules with Dinesh D'Souza, President Trump, and a bunch of other very important people who were part of that movie. The theft of the 2020 election, 2,000 Mules. Uh, it's premiering, uh, excuse me, it premiered this week in certain select theaters. Its virtual premiere at 2000mules.com is this Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So Saturday the 7th, you should make a point of finding out exactly how much fraud took place when it comes to the ballot harvesters, the ballot box stuffers, and so much more. Um, For secretaries of state in Georgia and Arizona and Pennsylvania to deny that massive amounts of fraud took place is just, it was already inconceivable. It's now indefensible considering the video evidence the cell phone pinging location evidence that is on display in this movie. My only problem with the movie, and I told Dinesh D'Souza this last week when I had him on my program in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I said, Dinesh, the only thing wrong with your movie is why is it coming out now in May of 2022? It needed to come out in December of 2020. After the election in November and before the inauguration in January. And, of course, they didn't have all of this evidence then, so that's the reason. But, boy, it would have been very, very useful. Now it will be useful, I hope anyway, in ensuring that we don't have any repeats of this, any kind of, uh, of, of this type of fraud occurring. Numerous states, I want to say close to two dozen states, have really tried to shore up their election security so that they maintain or establish maybe for the first time election integrity when it comes to only having one ballot drop box. Uh, and it's got to be at the Board of Elections, only at each county's Board of election Elections, and it must be monitored at all times, either through video surveillance or uh, in person rather than having dozens of these things all over the place, unmonitored, unchecked, and having people do what they did in 2,000 Mules. Check the movie out. Can't give you a strong enough recommendation for that. Check. Now, that is, I'm saying that without having seen the movie. Sorry if that kind of kills the recommendation. It shouldn't. A, I watched the trailer. B, I did a half an hour interview with Dinesh D'Souza, who made the movie. He told me exactly what to expect in it. Last night... My producer here in uh, in Cleveland, Johnny Hiles, went and saw the movie. He gave me a very, very thorough report of it today on the airwaves. Uh, so I, I have learned enough about this to know exactly what I'm talking about, which is why I will be watching it on the virtual premiere Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So I, I want to encourage you to do that. Now, before I go back to the phone calls here on the Dennis Prager Show, 877-243-7776. That's 8 Prager 776. I want to hit you with another clip real quick because 
I have spent the majority of the first two hours of this broadcast <clears throat> talking about um, the Roe versus Wade potential overturn uh, of the Roe versus Wade decision in 1973 because of the leaked document. We can talk about the impact of the leak and the attack on the judiciary and so forth. But I've spent most of the time talking about the, you know, the the right to kill your baby. And again, I don't believe in semantics. I don't believe in political correctness. I don't believe in in using just weak, pathetic, beta words like "I'm pro-choice." I'm not necessarily pro-killing the baby. I just want people to have the right to kill the baby if they want to. It's their choice. As I said last hour on this broadcast. The opposite of life is not choice. The opposite of life is death. The opposite of death is life. So if you're pro-life, the opposite of that is being pro-death. Own it. Own it. America's left. You believe in killing babies on demand, then just say I'm pro-death. Because it's the opposite of being pro-life. So I've been talking about this all day. And why do I bring that up now? I bring that up because... In very short order, I might not be able to talk about this on live radio. Dennis may not be able to talk about this on live radio. Because it might, just might run afoul of the new disinformation governance board. You know, the one that was created by Joe Biden through the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, and will be run by a disinformation specialist insofar as she literally is an expert at giving disinformation, named Nina Jankowitz. If and when this governance board is um, up and running, if you will, Lord only knows what they will put a lid on. Not just online, censoring speech with which they disagree, but I fully expect this to extend to conservative talk radio. We are the last bastion. Right? We are the last bastion of free speech for conservative thinkers in this country. Now, with the possible exception of Elon Musk moving the needle and changing the platform on Twitter and allowing conservative voices to be heard there, we still don't have free speech on Facebook. We still don't have free speech uh, with Google. We still don't have free speech with Gmail. We still don't have free speech anywhere except maybe a little bit on Truth Social, which is Trump's new social media, which I'm on. Find me there at Always Right, WHK. That's my program, Always Right Radio, on AM 1420, The Answer in Cleveland, Ohio. But they're going to go after talk radio because we're all that's going to be in the way. When they tell you the science is settled on climate change and global warming, even though... In 1970, on that Earth Day, the first Earth Day, we were told the planet's going to freeze. And all life is going to be wiped out because of that coming ice age. Then in 1989, it didn't happen, so they said the planet's going to melt because of carbon emissions. We're all going to melt. Humanity's going to be wiped out. They changed that story over over and over again. And if you point out that they changed that story online... (laughs) You're censored. The disinformation governance board is going to say, no, you can't say that. The science is settled on climate change. The science is settled on COVID-19, too. And the science is settled on the the, uh, efficiency and efficacy of masking. The science is settled on the mRNA 
uh, profit shots that we jammed into your arms. Don't you dare dispute that. You'll be canceled online. So where can people hear the truth anymore if they can't hear it online? That, that, that'd be me. That'd be Dennis Prager. They'll come back with the fairness doctrine like you've never seen it before. The fairness doctrine, which, which essentially is an FCC tool that declares that there must be equal time for equal and opposite ideological views on the public broadcast airwaves. That's what the fairness doctrine says. Never mind the fact that we don't have a fairness doctrine in newspapers. The New York Times, the Washington Post, the San Francisco Chronicle, the Chicago Tribune, the Cleveland Plain Dealer, they can be as left-wing as they want to be. And nobody can do a thing about it. Same thing on the tech platforms. They can be as left-wing as they want to be, and nobody can do anything about it. But on radio, liberal radio doesn't sell. Liberal radio doesn't get ratings. Liberal radio flat-out stinks. And in the open marketplace, it cannot survive. The only way it could survive is if they enacted the Fairness Doctrine again and told the Salem Network, you have to have an equal number of left-wing shows to counter your number of conservative constitutional shows. And that's what we are. We're not right-wing. We're conservative constitutionalists. That's what we are. Or if you want to reverse that, you can call us constitutional conservatives. But they're coming back, and that's what's going to be the case, especially with somebody like Nina Jankowitz overseeing this disinformation governance board. Because despite what Alejandro Mayorkas says, she is anything but objective. So do you really think that Jankowitz is anywhere near objective enough for this particular job? Yes, I do. And, and by the way, highly regarded as a subject matter expert, and I don't question her objectivity. Highly regarded by whom? By you! By the left wing in the Biden administration. Highly regarded by people who want her to censor conservative and dissenting thoughts. That's the reality of that board, and that's why several GOP senators have introduced a bill to defund that board before it ever gets off the ground. We'll talk more about that and go right back to your calls after this. 33 minutes past the hour. We continue on the Dennis Prager Show. Bob France sitting in. Always Right Radio at alwaysright.us. That is my local show in Cleveland, and that's where I am in the relieffactor.com studios. And we are going to go to Rob, who's in Los Osos, if I'm saying it correctly, California. Hey, Rob, it's Bob in for Dennis. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. Thank you for taking my call. My name is Rob. I am a physician in California. Los Osos is near Morro Bay, if people are wondering where that is. Anyway, um, I just have a simple scientific um, argument, pro-life, that basically the pro-choice people are science deniers because they keep saying a woman has the right to do what she wants with her own body, but the DNA doesn't match. It's not her own body. That starts at conception, that it's a mixture of the father's and the mother's DNA. And uh, they believe the science when it comes to solving murders, the DNA science, but they don't believe the DNA science when it comes to murdering children. And even our president made a gap the other day and actually called the baby a child. Yes, he did. 
Yes, he did. I, I've so, played that a few different times, and it's extraordinary uh, the reaction. They can they try to pull back away from that. That's not what he meant. The, uh, his uh, press secretary said that's not what he meant. He believes in a woman's right to make her own health care decisions. He literally said in an abortive procedure, a child is aborted. Aborted means terminated. Terminated means killed. He literally said it out loud, doctor. I'm going to call you Dr. Rob. Go ahead. Yep. Thank you so much. I just really appreciate that, and I just hope people will use that scientific argument. The only thing that's protecting that child from being rejected by the mother is the placenta. The placenta is the barrier that keeps that from being recognized as a foreign body and the mother rejecting that foreign DNA. Since you're a physician, can you speak to the to the heartbeat aspect of this? I, I, I have a tendency to oversimplify sometimes. But sometimes I think oversimplification is called for here. Human beings are not born with two hearts. If there is a strange anomaly like that, it is obviously just that. It's an anomaly. It's like somebody being born with six fingers or not being born with arms or something that is completely unusual. But human beings only have one heart. So if a second heartbeat is detected within a human being, then it has to it has to identify as a second human being. Correct or not correct? Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. So I'm not oversimplifying it to say that if the heartbeat, because, you know, heartbeat bills, uh, Dr. Rob, as you know, around the country, there are a lot of states that have uh, have passed heartbeat bills, much to the chagrin of the of the pro-death crowd. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it shouldn't be from the moment of conception, because I believe it should be. But at the bare minimum, the left must give us this, that if there's another heartbeat, there's another being. It's not because nobody has two hearts beating within within their bodies. There have to be two different bodies there for that to happen. And therefore, both bodies deserve to be protected as human beings. Absolutely. And and the baby uh, at a very early age uh, is able to experience pain. And, exactly. You know, that's been shown on ultrasounds, et cetera, when they, you know, poke a needle or something that that it retracts and, you know, tries to save its own life. That's right. That's right. They, they, they pull away, especially, you know, when there's, uh, you know, if they're, if they're doing, uh, the, the dismemberment, if you will, um, you know, they, they, they yes. feel, they feel the pain and they know something foreign is coming there and invading and they back away from it. And, you know, we've all seen the silent scream and all these kinds of things. How the pro death crowd can deny that that human being deserves a right to, to, to defend itself and to live is, yes. is beyond my comprehension. And they, you know, they- they blame the right as being, you know, science deniers on uh, climate change, et cetera. But they're the true science deniers. Absolutely. Every step of the way. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate your phone call from uh, Los Ostos, uh, California. We'll take a time out here. I've got time for more phone calls, though. Stay where you are on The Dennis Prager Show. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor pain-free studio. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.